It's time for Cubicle Insanity. I've got Kim here with me and I'm Tammy. We're back together again to talk or rant a little about that which we love, corporate America. We want to share with you our experiences and opinions, professional, of course, Kim, on leadership and all topics related to our crazy lives in corporate America. We'll share what we have learned in our fantastic positions and experiences from McDonald's, your best and first, all the way through our various amazing roles in HR and beyond. That sounded like a Buzz Lightyear. To infinity and beyond. <laughs> and what we have learned in navigating the insanity of corporate America from the cubicles. So let's get into our latest cubicle insanity. Let's go. All right. What are we going to talk about tonight? Kim, I think a topic that comes up frequently is... Gosh, I'd love to work from home. Gosh, I'd love to work four tens and have every Friday off. Hey, how come we don't have summer hours? Have you ever heard any of these? So the remote worker. The remote or flexible schedule. Flexible schedule. Worker. True. Yeah. Okay, what do you think? <clears throat> uh, I'm in favor of it. But I have reservations with it. You do? Okay. So we might have to take pros and cons on this because we might agree too much. So I was trying to remember when my first experience was in the sort of work from home. And I think it started early on because I do remember if I had to take a phone call that I couldn't be attached to my email because do you remember dial-up service, Kim? I do. All the noises it would make. Yep. Yep. So, like, I'd have to, like, check my email, like, dial in, do my dial-up, yeah. and download my emails so I would have those available before I joined, like, maybe a, a conference call or a phone call of some nature. So, that was, I mean, definitely 90s uh, sometime. Not that that was a frequent occurrence, but that mm -hmm. was, I, I did do it. I remember that it was probably circa the year 2000 where I maybe had an official sort of agreement where I worked in the office Monday through Thursday and worked from home on Fridays. Hmm. You? Any? What's your first? What do you remember? My first? Um... Your first work at home <laughs> or flexible <laughs> work experience. Of course, that's <laughs> what you're referring to. Jeez Louise. Kim, we're talking about corporate America here. <laughs> um, um, I think the first was really the um, probably 2015. What? Yeah. Yes. All my other jobs. You had to show up in the office. In the office. And actually really probably 2017, is, definitely 2017 is the first time where I really have flexible work so listeners i'm as surprised as you are you kidding me this year is the first tammy i'm old <laughs> what but i'm contemporary what? <laughs> we'll get into your new lingo later but are you really like i'm this? a grillennial uh, yeah don't call me a grandma <laughs> um this year yes 
for for myself personally, but the first time um, corporate America wise that we've really that I've had a client group or worked with teams that have had flexible work arrangements and or remote workers was 2015. So perhaps we should have talked off uh, in the in backstage a little more because I'm really shocked at that. I have. So I had the in 2000, the agreement where it was uh, every Friday I worked from home shortly thereafter. Maybe 2002, 2003. There was a the office I belonged to became hoteling. I don't mm. think that's a, a term they use anymore. It is. It is. Okay. So essentially, it was an office space allocated for specific groups. And you would have to go to an online scheduling system, like a hotel, to reserve your space for a day, for a week, for whatever you were working in order to have that desk available to you in the office. Mm-hmm. So then... I worked in the office for many, many years with the occasional, oh, it's a snowstorm or I've got some, some something yeah. going on yeah. where I, I'm going to work from home. But it was on an ad hoc, not regular basis. Sure. Um, and then more recently, as you know, I'm a, I'm a work at home employee. Yeah. So I don't, I, on a regular basis, I do not go into any sort of office. Yeah. So for me, the, the, yeah, it is shocking. Like 2015, the first time really working from remotely from home, having flexible work agreement, but remember my background, it's been mostly in manufacturing. Yeah. In manufacturing, you got to be at the plant and where the product is being made, you got to be there to support so I think it's probably more uh, adopted or earlier adopted by folks like, say, in law firms or consulting, consulting yep. things like that, yes. Mm-hmm. But traditional manufacturing. Um, you need to be there. Yeah, yeah. yep. Because even, even today, when I discuss with employees about flexible agreements, we have the right to refuse, like say no, um, because your role is too pertinent to support of production or support of X that you need to be in the office. Now, if it's, you know, I don't know, if it's uh, like an accounting job, for example, okay, maybe not. Maybe we have greater flexibility. Maybe they embrace it earlier. But again, remember, all my jobs have always been related very specifically to a production floor. And you need to be in that particular building to do your job. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Kim, I'm going to share with you. I, I, I Googled up a couple of articles, the Google, the Google helped me out here on a couple of articles about pros and cons of the uh, work at home or flexible work schedules. So I'm going to share these with you. And I guess if we agree too much, we'll have to take opposite sides. Okay. We'll have Fair to enough. debate it out. All right. So I'm what I'm going to do is I've pulled up this article, and it is from what's called the www.thebalance.com. Hmm. 
And the article is called Advantages and Disadvantages of Flexible Work Schedules for Employees. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the advantages and disadvantages. I'll allow you to comment um, on each of these, and we'll see if we agree too much, because then we might have to uh, All right. agree to disagree. Thank you for the allowance. Yeah, <laughs> always. Okay, um, so the advantages of flexible work schedules for employees. Flexibility to meet family needs, personal obligations, life responsibilities. Okay. So would you like a little more? They say that if you have a flexible work schedule, you can go into a parent-teacher conference during the day, take a yoga class, or be home when the washing machine repair person comes. Yeah. And okay. your thoughts are? My thoughts are um, two things. Is... I think it's fantastic that okay. that companies allow this now and that companies embrace it for all employees. And I'm going to sound very old-fashioned and um, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Hmm, maybe not so open-minded. Okay. I like it. Let's do it. It is because, you know, as a single person with no children, I would see my colleagues in the past leave, like to go get their kids at school or go to school plays, and they had that flexibility. And those of us, and I've talked to many colleagues that a similar predicament, you know, or similar situation, you know, no spouse, no children, and we felt like we had to be there full time, you know, eight hours a day, and we had to schedule like the repair person on the weekend, maybe pay a premium or take a half a day vacation. Whereas some of our colleagues that had children, for example, they, they didn't think twice about it. And it was always curious to me. So I think that companies embracing this and, and offering the flexibility to more and more employees, that that stigma is gone. Okay, I'll agree with you. Now let's, for, uh, <laughs> we all know those people in our lives that play devil's advocate and they yeah. like to say, oh, well, let me play devil's advocate. Are you the devil today? I might be the devil today. I'm not a devil's advocate, but <laughs> pure devil. Okay. So it says here, the thing that bothered me, I, and yeah. I, bothered, is that the right word? Bothered me is take a yoga class. Yeah. I'm on board with exactly what you said, and I support that. And I agree about the whole children thing. If someone has a child and they can say, oh, I have to take my child to the doctor. My child's sick. I need to and stay they home. they should. They absolutely should. Right? It, it, that'll make sense. So flexible work schedules are great for parents, but they're great for single people. They're great for everybody. Like, I mean, I think that when I read this and I saw that it says take a yoga class, really, so like from – during the work hours, yeah. at any point, I can just go take a yoga class? Yeah, why not? Okay. Why not? I mean, medically, it might be necessary. It might be. <laughs> it might I, be. I but mean, you know, a devil's advocate. I mean, it could be, it could be 
medically necessary for somebody's stress and their health condition. Maybe they have a heart issue. They need to just, you know, relieve stress. Maybe yoga is the way to do it. So I also, so, so in Googling up some articles, I also Googled up, I think literally my words were horror stories from like work at home. Yeah. And I, this might be, so I think that what we'll see is a theme here. We haven't gotten there, but I'm going to, let me uh, look into my crystal ball and predict into the future. I think what we're going to end up talking about is trust. And if somebody is working from home, uh, flexible work, even let's just say even working in offices, but different offices across the, the uh, country, the globe, how do you know what this person is who works for you that, you know, they're doing what they need to do. There's a, a, it's based on trust Mm -hmm. and to have someone disappear and I disappear. I'm, I'm choosing that word to, for the drama of it to go take a yoga class or, you know, whatnot. Is that always okay? And I personally, of course, like if you're, in tune with what is happening with your team. I'll just state, I'm okay with it, but I'm going to play devil's advocate, Kim. And you're looking on instant message to see if somebody is online, you're trying to email or call somebody and they're not answering because they're, um, and I'm doing air quotes here, air quote, working at home. Is that okay to just go off and disappear for your uh, health uh, and taking your low, your yoga class. Yeah, it's my lunch hour. What if it's not your lunch? Like, can you take lunch from, you know, 10 to 11? Why not? Okay. <laughs> I mean, why can't you? I mean, no. who says lunch is from 11.30 to 12.30? Or from 11 to 12? Or 12 to 1? Whatever, you know, that stereotypical time frame. So what if you take it at, say, 9 to 10 but then, you know, 10 o'clock through 3 o'clock, you're working. So this is our, this is only our first point, Kim. Um, let's, so as our, as our takeaway from this point, that flexible schedules are great. Working at home, allowing all of these things we talked about are great. And appearing and disappearing online are fine, is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Which seems very uncomfortable, to be honest, uh, for myself because You don't I, do that. I don't. <laughs> this is I not don't. you. <laughs> I don't, but I so want to get there and be comfortable with it and not have the guilt of not always being present. Yes. I. Th- you know what? That is just a great... Uh, phrase being present and I think that working from home working these flexible work schedules we try we overcompensate and try to be online every single minute I think I mean I agree with you I think it's okay to take these if you're in the office you'll get up and walk around and and chat or you'll you know run across the street to get a coffee or if you have an on-site fitness center, you'll take your quote-unquote 12 to 1 or 11 to 1, or excuse me, 11 to 12, whatever time frame your normal lunch hour is, to go to the on-campus gym. Yeah. 
I'm going to go back to trust. You yeah. have, the, the trust that you have. But also, is it setting is it setting expectations setting it's not expectations but even amongst the people that you work with most frequently amongst that team that that this is the practice and Mm -hmm. so you might be away for a short while but it's okay it's not any different than working in an office and right so i as i said i work remotely the people i work with who work in an office let's say what has happened before is they will have a happy hour and so maybe uh by three o'clock in the afternoon nobody is available you know via instant message nobody's looking at their emails really anymore because they are all in person together having this happy hour Mm -hmm. how does that differ from the 10 to 11 yoga class right my opinion is so different I agree with you. I think it's my, you said the word guilt. I think it's my guilt and everything that's making me play devil's advocate because I, I know you wouldn't do it. I also know I wouldn't do it. Not to say that it's wrong. Right. And even the guilt I have is like, um, I do on a rare, like I'm trying to get, so on Fridays I work from home with my current employer. I have an agreement with my manager that I work from home on Fridays. It, unless I'm needed in the office because there's a scheduled meeting, something important sure. that I need to be in there. Um, but what I find is, is I take my commute time, what is my normal commute time of an hour, hour and a half, and I'm instantly online, and I'm working that commute time. Exactly. And that's for the morning and in the evening, my evening commute. So, you know, it's I'm absolutely giving more to the company, mm-hmm. which... Fine, and and I should at my level I should, but it um I feel guilty when I do even though I'm giving them that three hours of my commute time, I feel guilty if I take like an hour away at quote unquote lunchtime, maybe to go to the gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm totally with you, and the I feel like sometimes the number of hours I put in is actually more working from home because just like you said, yeah. I'm not spending the commute time. Right. I'm I'm up, I'm ready, I grab my coffee and I sit down and start working a little bit earlier. Let me ask you something real quick about the, the guilt part of it sure. that we talked about. Do you think that that's gender-based? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And perhaps um, those listening to us would like us to expand on that. We'll save that for another day. Yeah. I think gender is is a good topic. But yes, I do. Based on some of the folks I have worked with in the past or currently or whatnot, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We, we uh, need to dig into that for the next parking lot. Pod. Yeah. I'll put that on the parking lot. <laughs> Go out the parking lot. Do you have your flip chart? I will, it. I will get that out. Okay. So I'm going to move on to, th- that was point number one. Uh, let's cruise through, uh, reduced. Here's point number two, which is an advantage of flexible work schedules for employees, reduced consumption of employee commuting time and fuel costs. So in some areas, like you said, your commute is more than an hour and that's not necessarily uncommon across America. So we are reducing that, which also is reducing gas so if we think about our carbon footprint, et cetera, we're reducing these things 
we're taking people off the road. We have fewer commuters on the road. So reduced consumption of employee and commuting, commuting time and fuel costs. Good. Those that are in my commute pattern, I hope they all get flexible work <laughs> agreements. <laughs> my commute time get them is, off the road. is less and less. Yeah. I think that one's obvious. You know, but you one. know what? No, no, no. I got I gotta oh, some thoughts on this. So let it out. As an employer, here's kind of an ethical question. Mm-hmm. As an employer, you're like, okay, so the employee is saving money by not commuting, right? So do I make their merit? Does the Can- merit pool I don't Um, like where this is going. The EOP. Disagree. (laughs) Does the EOP decrease because you have remote workers? I Because, okay. Why? I believe, so are are we inducing conflict here? I believe that, that actually employers should feel good about this because with the, talking about sustainability and the carbon footprint and the environment. I think that employers should feel good about what they're doing by reducing this. So they are putting less into the world, less into the environment by having their workers stay home. I think a more common practice is these sustainability reports, these uh, you know global environment type of reports that companies are putting out. And I think this definitely contributes to it. If you think about all of the savings in uh, gas, et cetera, that are going into our environment by doing this, I think companies should feel good about it. I think they're putting employees out of work. (laughs) I like that you want to argue with me. Tell me more about this. Let's argue. What is it? So... You're buying less gas, so yeah. you may not meet, need as many people at the gas stations, and you're putting people out of. They're the driving re- to yoga. They're they're, <laughs> they're out of work at the refinery because not as many people are buying gas. Along the way to and from work, you might stop and get a coffee. I do in the morning on my way. <laughs> I get coffee. Not every day, Mom. Just so <laughs> you know, <laughs> my mother is worried about my Starbucks bill. <laughs> I'm still saving. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you're not going through Starbucks and getting your coffee in the morning. On the, your way home, you're not stopping maybe at the grocery store or at a department store to pick up something. And so there's maybe Domino less... effect. Yes. I have nothing to substantiate... Anything I say after this point on this topic. <laughs> However, I believe that the the shopping and retail will still happen. I'll speak from experience because I am a work-from-home employee. I still say to myself, gosh, I could really go for a, a really fancy coffee right now. And so maybe I'll, I'll still run out and do that. Or if I need to, I mean, grocery shopping is inevitable. It's going to happen sure. at some point. Yeah. There is still that, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll I'll run by the mall. The thing that we'll probably end up talking about at some point is when you're a work-at-home employee, 
you are at home by yourself because yeah. I mean, the assumption is you don't have other workers coming to your house to work with you. Right. So there is the need for getting out of your house. Number one, social interaction. Number mm-hmm. two, and also that, that re- re- release, that relief of I've been focusing at work and the separating of work from personal life. Yeah. Yep. So I think it will still happen. Does it happen? I mean, if everybody and if we increased the work at home or flexible work dramatically, would we see that domino effect you're talking about? Maybe. Okay. But okay. we all still need to buy gas. We all still need to buy groceries. We're all still going to hit that mall, you know, for the... Online shopping. Oh, I love online shopping. So I, I honestly... And you're the queen of it. You've got the I, app. I mean, you know I do. deliver next Oh, day. do you need that? Let me get on my app. So maybe I don't need to leave my house, Kim. I lied. <laughs> I totally lied there. Okay, next topic. Um, uh, There's the... So again, advantage of avoiding traffic and stresses of commuting during rush hours. That that is true because I again as I just stated, you know, I work from home. I'm trying to work from home on Fridays. And I find that when I do go into the office Monday through Friday, by Friday night, I am just wiped out. Not just because of the commute. I mean, okay, the job, yes. But adding the stress of the traffic and the congestion, and right now I go through a major re, uh, construction project, which has everybody just crazy, crazy, and um, rubbernicking and <laughs> rubbernicking, watching you know what what the construction guys are doing, the construction people, excuse me, are doing. It's just like just drive, right. just watch out that you're not hitting people, right? The cones we... and the. <laughs> the barrels don't don't hit those. I'm yeah. not saying advocating that, but um, everybody take their foot off the brake. Yeah, because it is just bumper to bumper, and you're just like there is there's not an accident, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But you just uh, it's just frustrating, and it builds up the stress. It does. Yeah, yeah. But thankfully, there's podcasts to listen to, and this is an excellent choice. I would agree. I so I even said to you on my way over here. Yeah. to do this is I work from home. So it was, it was nice to have the commute time between our two homes that I could sort of let go of what happened during the day. So I could be ready and present yeah. um, in our, in our podcasting topic. So the advantage is you have a little bit of time to decompress. However, there is the frustrations that can sometimes overtake that. Yeah. I've always had a, um, job where I've had a little bit of commute and I'm with you by the time I mean the commute I have right now is crazy right but I've always um even when I've had like a 20-30 minute commute I'm okay with that because by the time I get home I have left the the stuff from the office there and I can get home and focus on what I need to focus on at home yes so all of those of you listening in your car right now it's all good. This time spent is all good. Okay, the next advantage of the flexible work schedule for employees. Increased feeling of personal control over schedule and work environment. So one reason 
that people like to work from themselves. So we talked about the gig economy previously. Podcast number four. Thank you. Um, Is around control and that you can determine your own schedule and your work environment. So working from home, of course, is a little bit different than that. But yet you still have, like we were talking, I don't have the, personally, I don't have the commute time. So I get up, I get ready for work, I make my coffee, and instead of hopping in my car and spending the 30 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever it is in the car to get to work, I'm already at work. I go sit down, my computer's there, and I start. Mm-hmm. So definitely, I mean, this is one of the things I do love is that I do have that control over, you know, kind of my my start and stop because According to point number one, I struggle with that middle of the day yoga. Yeah. So this gives me a little bit of, of control over that start and stop. So this one to me is a no-brainer, Kim. I agree. And yeah. I think that it puts a smile. So even you, so you, you're trying Fridays, like you said. Mm-hmm. I think it gives that little bit of a, a smile, a little bit of a, a attitude change. So I think it's a win-win. Agree. Completely agree. Okay. If we had a gavel, bam. Okay. The next point. We don't need to argue that one. So uh, the, uh, the next advantage is it allows people to work when they accomplish most, when they feel freshest, and when they enjoy working. What's funny mm. when I read this, look at you. So what's funny to me about this is I'm a morning person. Like, Mm-hmm. I it doesn't matter what time I go to bed. I am up early. My brain is going like when I wake up, my brain's going. I'm ready to go. Um, however, I I was raised by a mother, and I think her internal clock was completely off. She would stay up easily. I I mean I don't even know because I mean I nine o'clock to me seems like a very reasonable time to be asleep. She would be up till two, maybe. I don't I don't know what time she was up till because her clock was off, in my opinion. So she was up late. Um, and if she could have, no, she had children, of course, so she couldn't, but if she could have, like I think her her natural schedule, according to just like how her body operates, she'd be up till two. Maybe she'd sleep till I don't know, ten. I mean, what's mm-hmm. you're supposed to get eight hours of sleep, so ten o'clock. I don't know. I am more of a like go to bed at nine, maybe get up at five or six. Like I am much more of that morning person instead of evening. So getting up and working earlier and being done earlier is very appealing to me. I know that. So we, um, we both have the experience of working manufacturing. So you have your first, second and third shift. Right. And there's just the need at times where you need to be available to all shifts. Right. And, for the life of me, I just cannot figure out third shifters. I'm not going to lie. Because 9 o'clock to me is a very reasonable time to be in bed and asleep. So third shift to me, yeah, I don't understand. I, I, I can't do it. So this point to me makes sense because not everybody has the same internal clock. Yeah. Um, the The flip side to that, though, is... is... So my sister's a lot like your mom. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, she she comes like her her peak energy and stride hits 
you know, later in the day, mm -hmm. she two, three o'clock in the morning, so forth and so on. And she has a hard time getting up and being at work at eight o'clock. Yeah. Why do you need to be? Um, her profession requires her to be in the office by about eight o'clock. However, she strolls in about 10 o'clock and it, you know, it, it has been an issue for her in her employment um, because the, the role that she has re should require her to be there at eight o'clock. So that's why I say this is great, but yet sometimes it isn't because the, the flexibility, because, you know, if you're customer facing and you should start at eight o'clock and, but you don't show up at 10 o'clock, you've got two hours where your customers, you're not accessible to your customers. Okay. So I, I mean, I would like to argue with you, but I can't. You're, you're exactly right, Kim. But the, the, additionally though, think about it. So you work Midwest time zone. Mm -hmm. Your parent company that you're currently employed by is in a different time Pacific. zone. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there, there's the difference. And so when you're clocking, quote unquote, clocking out at five o'clock, they still have two more hours. What if they need to get a hold of you? You know, and you're like, okay, it's Friday. Hey, I, you know, peace out. I'm done. I'm checked out. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Hey, let's go have some tequila. <laughs> you know, let's go have some tequila with Kenny. Um, but, and they're still working. Yeah. So then there's that, that availability. I think availability is different. So what you're okay. talking about uh, with your sister, I think that's yeah. completely valid. There are certain jobs. So we talk, So I said, I think trust is going to come up. And trust, yeah. I think, is a big issue in working yeah. flexible or remote. But I think also not all jobs are convenient. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For working these types of flexible yeah. or remote, yeah. remote hours. Yeah, so agreed. It could be that maybe uh, in your sister's situation, she could work remote and it would still be okay. But there's still that sort of eight to five yeah. or, or, or whatever time frame yeah. that is needed. That is, I think, different from whether you're there in person or you're not. So there are, I, I think what's common and what I have seen is, um, okay, so... I feel a little foolish and embarrassed right at this moment. Core hours. I'm trying to think of the term used, but yeah. like core hours, because um, I know we have them. Yeah. <laughs> and I work them, but core hours, let's call it. And so, you know, is that, and, and it, it crosses sort of the time zone. So is it, you mm -hmm. know, oh, you know, we have some people in Eastern time zone. Maybe we have some people in Pacific time zone. So we're going to call it from the 8 a.m. Pacific to the, you know, maybe 2 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah. Those are our core hours, and those are the times we expect people to be available. Yes. To your point, are there times where after 5 o'clock in my time zone, they I might get phone calls or texts or whatever? Sure. Absolutely. But core hours to me are very different than do you need to be there in person. Yeah. And some jobs and manufacturing, like we talked, you do need to be there in person because – you have to go to that location to get the job done. Yeah. Not all jobs require that, but yeah. some jobs do. So if that's the case, then obviously 
the remote is not a good option, but maybe there's some options for the flexible work schedules. Yeah. So if you prefer maybe a, 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 a 10 to 6, 10 to 7 type of schedule, maybe that works. Yeah. So just a quick note about my sister. So she's made the argument with her boss of, hey, if I come in at 10, I will stay till 6 because that way I can get the people that come in after their eight to five job. Yeah. So, I mean, she's made a compelling argument. Um, and it's true. It, it is true. The thing I would say, um, for example, like the company that I currently work for, we have a, a process to determine whether each of the jobs are agreeable for a flexible work arrangement. Oh, you do? Okay. We do. And it, it really is at manager's discretion. And they have the right to say yes or no. And it really does, we have a checklist we go through and we, we, we as employees ask ourselves, you know, we have to like think through the questions like, you know, is my job cr critical to manufacturing? Yes or no. Is my job critical to, you know, and there's a litany of, or a list of uh, questions that we go through, and if we can basically say yes to all of them, then we can move forward with talking to our boss about a flexible work agreement. They still, even though we can answer yes to all the questions, they can still say no, because it's managerial discretion, because right now we consider this a benefit. Okay, I was just gonna say, how how common, I, I struggle, and I don't think that you will disagree with me with with air quote manager discretion on whatever topic it is. Because uh, not to get off topic here, but I've had the situation where I've worked for managers, and I'm sure you have too, where I'm going to call them a little bit old school. And mm -hmm. so when their, their method, their type, their approach to managing people is how they were managed and so it would the expectation is you're going to be in your desk at eight o'clock you're not going to leave till five o'clock and you know blah 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 i call that management by head down pencil moving <laughs> that's it yes and so if that's what how they were expected to work that's yeah. how they expect the people to yeah. for them to work yep so if you have some of those mixed with some of the people who are like yes i mean of course you know you don't need to be in this building or you don't that's, I think, sometimes where yeah. the yep. issue comes up. Yeah. So, I, you know, I've got multiple client groups that I support. One of my clients works from home. They are a very senior person in the organization, and they embrace the remote flexibility 100%. One of my other client groups continuously ask me, like, how does this work? It just makes me uncomfortable. How do I know what people are really doing? And yes. to your earlier point, it's about trust. Yes. And so, you know, as long as people are delivering to the objectives you've set for them, you know, the, the goals and objectives are clear, then it's not an issue is what I tell people. And, 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 you know, I, the person that works for me has the flexibility to work where they want, when they want. 
And I will tell you, it's been a big learning curve for myself as a manager. Okay. Because I grew up in the era where it was to be at your desk. Yes. Goes back to the earlier point that I feel guilty about, you know, working remotely, so forth and so on. Yes. Yes. I'd like to come up with a devil's advocate point of view, but I, I just agree with everything <laughs> you said, so it's hard for me. Okay. Uh, let's let's keep let's, going. Okay. I'm going to talk about now from the same article. They they break it out now to the advantages advantages of flexible work schedules for employers. Okay. So that we're taking now we're going to the other side. We're looking at employers. The so the first part was all about me. What's important to me? What's good for me? Mm -hmm. So the first one is this one. Okay, Kim, are you ready? Because this I'm one, ready. I'm sitting down. I'm ready. Okay, sit down. It, this is interesting to me, and I'm, I'm interested in your sort of gut reaction to this one. Increased employee morale, engagement, and commitment. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I no, I come. Darn it! <laughs> I agree with you. I don't think it's true either. Tell me why. I don't think it increases morale because people just, employees just see, okay, that's how we work now. I agree. I think it's not available everywhere, but it's mm -hmm. definitely a, a common practice and, and definitely talked about. So I, I've talked about my daughter before. She's a wonderful millennial. And... She has even said to me, so she know, you know, she's seen me work from home, and she has said, I don't know if that's the right thing for me, but I think in her view, as she goes into, you know, when she's interviewing, looking at jobs, et cetera, it's a, I don't want to say expectation, but what's the word I'm looking for? It's available. Yeah, it's um, it's an option. It's an option. So, I do think it the availability of it does make people feel good whether it's on a regular basis or the example of i've got the repairman coming between the hours yeah. of eight and noon or you know one and four that it's available they don't have to do a a, a special request which back in the day i had to take yeah. time off for times things like that yeah so so I think, you know what, I'm going to contradict to myself because I think maybe it is a morale booster because the stigma is no longer there. Actually, I, I'm going to agree with you as I take a quick uh, beverage break. Um, I think it's actually, I'm going to say a little bit of the opposite. If it's not available, it's definitely presenting the negative. Yes, yeah. But I don't know that it actually improves. If you if you submit an engagement survey, I'm not sure that you're going to see a big uptick just on this. I, I don't know that you see a significant uh, uptick, but I think you'd see an uptick just because of the availability of, of it and that the fact that the company supports it and there's not, like I said, a stigma around doing it. Yes. I I agree. I think that the stigma is around not doing it and not making right. it available. Yeah. So 
I, bef- I, I hate to divert us here, but I'm, I'm, what I'm thinking about here, I do love employee engagement discussions and what makes employees engaged. So, Kim, back in the day, employee engagement was not anything. We were not surveyed on it. We were not asked about it. Nope. I, right? You come in, sit down, do your job, go home. Right. What did you say? Like, pencil down, heads down? Heads down, pencil moving. Okay. That was the directive in my first job out of university. Yeah. I mean. Head down, pencil moving. It's true. So, now we're in this age of we want to know what it makes a company, what makes a a a job engaging and i i don't think the, how do i phrase this i don't think having this makes it more engaging i think not having it makes it a point of discussion agreed agreed paused um hmm Right? I know. I'm thinking about it, too. Yeah. And I... Is it an expectation? So we've talked about millennials before, and, and maybe we've kind of laughed it off, but is it a sign a sign of the times, if you will? Or... So you said uh, we were talking uh, backstage, off mic. Uh, I'm going to say the word. I'm, I'm thinking granimal, but that's not the right word. Granimal is the word. <laughs> the grand poopa of the millennials. The grand poopa of the millennials is called a grulennial. Because we've adapted and adopting the technology and the the tweeting and the blogging and the using the thumbs to text. Thumbs. So a grulennial means you use your thumbs. You're not a you're not a an animal with non-opposable thumbs. I like to me in a way this point is is there because typically some of the folks who have been in the workforce for a while this is a bit of a benefit and it's like oh I'm glad to have this where I feel like some of the the younger in the workforce it's do I say expectation or so what I've observed is for the folks coming out of university and are earlier in their career, two, three, five years, it's just it's just the way things are. It's it's a normal way normal. of doing the business. New norm. It is the new norm. Whereas I see like the more experienced employees, same years of me and beyond. It is like, how does this work? What, uh, hmm, how do we know what people, what? Hmm. You know, all this stuff goes through our brain because we're, we've been trained when we came out of university, it was you come into your desk, sit down, Monday through Friday, eight to five, head down, pencil moving. And it's really kind of fascinating, like with the newer employees where, they don't think a thing of it. Like they come in at 10, but you'll get emails from them at two or three o'clock in the morning. And then they're, it, it's just, it's fascinating, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. So we're talking about remote working, flexible work schedules, but also this sort of new generation coming into the workforce plays into this as well. Yeah. I and they're, they're driving it and they're pushing it. 
and it's what they're looking for in employers. And I would say if employers aren't considering this and the ones that are vehemently opposed to it, you're about to become a dinosaur. Okay. I've, so I'm going to move us on to our next okay. point. And it's, I think it's related because this one, when I first read it, I did pause. And it says that, okay, so advantages of the flex work, flexible work schedule for employers is reduced turnover. There's also a point that says increased ability to recruit outstanding employees. Yeah. So to me, they're, they're, they're kind of uh, part and parcel. But I think it's the times. So exactly to the point you were just talking about, when I first got my degree, got my first job, same for you, I don't think that we would have ever expected to work from home, to have flexible work schedules. I put on my suit, literally put on my suit. I went to work eight to five. I don't know that today those same things would be accepted. I think it's fine. I think it's the natural sort of evolution, the the impact of generations and technology, mm-hmm. etc. But so in your experience, do you think that by have by having this, are you able to recruit? Does it impact your recruiting? It does. And and I'm right there with you. Like when I started my very first job, in my wildest dreams, I would have never thought that we would be where we're at today with the flexibility of work arrangement, work agreements, working remotely, uh, flexible schedules, things like that. Not yeah. in my wildest dreams. But it is a common question I get when recruiting, especially out of universities and or early career folks. It's, you know, what do you guys have flexible work agreements? Do you do you have remote workers? And what's fascinating even more so is even some of our longer term employees that are beginning to think about retirement they're starting to say, well, why can't my job be remote? Why can't I do it from? And they're thinking about moving to where they potentially want to retire right, right. so they can establish residency, so forth and Kentucky, so on. Is it Kentucky that has no state income tax? Kentucky, I, Tennessee, the, There's like several that. states yeah. that you know are becoming very popular <laughs> right, for the retirees. Uh, with, with some of our remote workers just for that reason. Yeah. And... Um, which also poses an interesting question. They, they, you know, it comes along with compensation, but we'll get into that in a different podcast. Where's the uh, parking lot? I got lot it again? on my parking, parking lot. lot. But um, so I do see it in our more experienced in a workforce as well. They're beginning to think about this as well, but it does help with the recruiting. Absolutely. I, okay. So I hadn't thought about it from the experienced workforce, but you're you're exactly right. And I can, in my mind, think of several examples of people I've worked with there, too. So, okay, we went through a lot of advantages. Yeah, I think we, I mean, I tried to play a little bit of devil's advocate, so hopefully we covered a little bit of both sides. There are some disadvantages we didn't cover today, but to sort of uh, also uh, maybe enjoy some of the loveliness around... Um, remote workers and flexible work schedules. 
I did a, not only did I did a Google to get these, this wonderful article, I did a Google on horror stories of remote workers. I was surprised at how little I found. It was hard to, I mean, it took me a couple of Googles to get some good stories out of hmm. this. And I don't really have many of my own. The only one I, I have personally is I have a cat and he is loud and he likes to talk. And if I'm not paying attention to him when he thinks that I should, he's loud. And I think that's true of cats and dogs and whatnot. Although, honestly, the the probably the worst situation I ran into. My, my, my cat, well, I'll shut the door because I'll have a conference call and be like, yeah. I just can't have my cat in here because I know he can be loud. Keep him out. He will literally ram his body into the door where it makes a shuddering noise and people will hear it and they'll be like, um, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. It's just my door <laughs> ramming his body into the, into the door. Um, so, I mean, I have that story. So I have a funny story about remote workers. Yes. So, um, one of my client groups, they were telling me like, they were on a conference call. I wasn't on the conference call, but, um, and I've heard multiple stories like this, like from people that work from home, you know, a lot of folks have like a treadmill at home. Yes. And when they're on a conference call, they forget that they're on the treadmill. So they have a person on the phone going, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all this heavy breathing and you, you're like, um, we're going to mute all lines now yeah. or uh, pound if six. You, to, if um, you're not talking, please mute yourself. Yeah. yeah you, you go through all that because they forget. Or like if they start talking, it's this heavy breathing that's going on and it just, it makes everybody uncomfortable because everybody minds go right to the wrong place. <laughs> Keep it clean, people. <laughs> Keep it clean. Keep it appropriate. This is corporate America. <laughs> this is corporate America. <laughs> no shadiness goes on there. Um, so, you know, in the workplace, in the uh, remote worker, you know, that yes. that is one of the horror stories or funny stories, however you want to right. position it. Whatever your mindset is for that day. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree and i i also do that i try to only do those types of things when i don't have to speak but occasionally i'd be like hey do you mind if we walk and talk that way in case i do start yeah maybe breathing a little heavy <laughs> they know i'm just I, i'm getting a little exercise in while we're talking in my uh in my google i there was um uh, reading through several of these uh this one made me just die laughing and not that this story is so funny, but it's this phrase. The person says, and I quote, at an old job, I had a co-worker. <laughs> not a co-worker. Yeah. A co-worker. Co so, I mean, he was that. Everybody used that. And uh, they would uh, work from home. And this particular co-worker, and the reason they're an worker is they would never, like, you know how you can set it so, like, change me to away after, you know, yeah. 10 minutes of activity on your instant messaging or, you know, whatever. Well, they didn't do that. And so they would, you know, run out to their yoga or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever grocery shopping that they had to do. And it would never change. And people could never get a hold of this person. Mm -hmm. We all know that person. Yeah. That co-worker. Yep. Uh, and I thought, gosh, I know that person. I don't want to be that person. The, a lot of funny stories, of course, about various animals and whatnot. Um, 
<laughs> some of the funniest that has not happened to me, but it, it is around maybe when the video, so you'll do, be doing your conference calls. A lot of times it's audio, but in various situations you have the video turned on as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe those people who are <laughs> working from home forget that the video comes on and, and uh, you know, maybe they, uh, you know, don't have a, a shirt on. Um so okay, I'm just a little uncomfortable with that. That is so uncomfortable. And, and the end of this particular story is, and I quote, I'll never forget the shirtless boss encounter. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that you actually have to think that. Um, I had a situation which this, you know, I mean, not the shirtless, but more of the co-worker. I had a situation where I actually worked for somebody who we did not have, like, really a policy or it was not the norm to work at home or, or, or flexible schedules even. And he would go missing Hmm. and, you know, lots of meetings. So, I mean, somewhere in the building, large building, lots of things happening Uh, until one day I I called him on his cell phone because I'm like, I, you know, I need to talk with him. And there was some babies crying in the background and whatnot. So, um, I think we all have had those situations, which gives the remote worker or flexible uh, scheduling the bad name. Yeah. Yeah, you hear kids, you hear animals, uh, you hear construction work, which I was worried about today because I was working from home and they're completely tearing up the street. And I kept going, ah, oh, sorry, I'm going to put you on mute because construction guys are tearing up the street so yeah it does happen it does uh so i'm i'm gonna share one story here that uh, made me uh laugh so when you're remote and i think that you know depending on the company etc it means conference calls so even for those people i i know that i've been on conference calls with people and they're in the same building but they take the call from their desk so everybody's on a conference call and in this particular story, when I was doing some Googles about uh, crazy or horrible stories, the this person says, I once clearly heard someone ordering McDonald's while on a call. The what? Mute, the mute button is your friend, people, especially if you're ordering a McMuffin. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that I I thought that was a that was a a very pertinent and good thing. The mute button. The mute button. You're right. It's your friend. You're right. I have so many stories about not using the mute button from being on conference calls and what's going on on the other end. I'm like, um, yeah, I don't need to know that kind of information. It <laughs> goes beyond remote workers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, Kim, I know there's probably a lot of points that we didn't even come close to covering today, but I think we did. Some good damage. So you think we've exhausted this uh, subject and we should state the obvious? I think we should, Kim. So Go for it. If I'm going to state the obvious so that we're all on the same page here, um, here's a a few key points, I think, to recap. Trust. Manager to employee trust. Having that trust as part of your organizational culture that managers are able to provide this benefit option and that everyone is comfortable with what that means and how it's going to be handled. We talked about the guilt 
of not being present Mm -hmm. and that we feel like we need to be there every, every minute. And that's not really what working remotely or a flexible work schedule is about. Cause even if you're in the office, it's not like you're at your desk every second, you know, of every day, you might be off grabbing a coffee and, and run into someone. So really it's okay to go to yoga class. It's, it's, uh, you shouldn't have that kind of guilt. We talked a little bit about manager discretion and, and I, I'm noting that because I think that sometimes that's where some of the issue comes in and different managers have different styles. They have different histories that they're bringing to the table, that different baggage of, and, yeah. and what their expectations are. And so manager discretion is something to definitely be aware of, not that it's going to make or break. We talked about the new norm and that sometimes this, when recruiting and, uh, you know, even engagement, we were talking about, this is the new norm. And while expectation may be the wrong word, but there is that thought process that a lot of employees or potential employees are going through that they're going to have this option. And we talked about also your experienced employees and your millennial, like millennials, your grand poobahs, uh, uh, which may not be millennials, but they're trying to adopt this. And they're viewpoint is a little bit different but again new when we're talking new norm they're looking at it from a retirement perspective and Mm -hmm. i enjoy working i enjoy my job i i'm an expert in this area and i'd like to continue doing it how do i make that a little bit more flexible versus coming into this brick and mortar all of the time kim did i hit it i think you did so thank you for listening Thank you to our active military and veterans. Please stay tuned for our next episode of Cubicle Insanity.